on CW contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Welcome to DC on CW Legends of Tomorrow edition on Rain Man Digital. I am Michael Flores, your host, and I'm in the studio with Bobby D. Hello, Bob. Hello, hello. All right. So today we're going to be breaking down, discussing Legends of Tomorrow season three, episode 10, Daddy Darkest. Legends returns from the midseason break, as does Matt Ryan, as he reprises his role as the iconic John Constantine. And... For those of you that may not know, I'm sure, Bob, you know this, and this is the reason why you scheduled me in as the main host. I mean, I'm a John Constantine fanboy through and through, love his comic books, big fan of the TV show that got canceled on NBC. So I'm happy that the CW, along with, of course, Greg Berlanti, has kind of latched on to the Constantine train and are continually trying to bring him back into the series and hopefully maybe even an actual reprisal someday of the TV show. We shall see. And that's something we're going to talk a lot about today, Bob, because I have been split since the 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 ending of his TV show on NBC. I have been split as to whether or not I want to see the CW take over the show. For a so, lot of reasons. Let me ask you this. Yeah. After watching like Black Lightning, uh-huh. does it make you think that they could do a darker, grittier type yes. Constantine? Absolutely. That was what I was going to bring up. Because of what they've done with Black Lightning and also what they did in this episode, which we're going to focus on that a lot. The actual ambience, the style. It felt very John Constantine and less like Legends. And I think it worked for what they were trying to do. And I have faith now. I have faith that the CW could do a Constantine TV show justice. It's only a matter of what writers and directors and showrunner they put in place to actually take this show to the next level. Yeah, I, I, I figured you would uh, you'd be happy with it, especially like you said, after watching Black Lightning for whatever it is, four or five weeks now, and seeing that they can do a darker tone, not, you know, and make it more serious because I hadn't been like a Constantine person at all and I hadn't watched anything and I went back and watched those first couple episodes you know from on the CW app because they got access to the 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 first season and I was like wow you were right because I didn't believe you I'm like what could they do on NBC that they couldn't do on CW a lot shit there's a lot (laughs) I mean budget alone but you know, budget alone, yes, that's 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 a deal breaker there because the NBC budget 
you know, is just uh, is giant compared to the meager budget that the shows get for the CW. However, the CW has managed to really do a lot with a little. Mm -hmm. And if they focus on a more intimate story on Constantine, which Constantine, the comic book, the source material is an intimate story. It's about one person and their story of redemption. And it's about a broken man. So if they do an intimate story and yes, you got to have those VFX moments, but I think they can get away with going two or three episodes where they're not just focusing on the big epicness of the Constantine world and focus on him as a character, especially if Matt Ryan's the lead. I mean, is the actual actor. The guy is good and talented yeah. as hell. Yeah. And like you said, the the VFX and all that, like we saw some of it this, you know, they did a lot with shaky camera and then like the latex walls and other mm-hmm. things like that, that can kind of make it on the cheap, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, this episode was directed by Dermot Downs and written by Kido Shimizu and Matthew Mala. The synopsis is John Constantine pays the legends a visit where they agree to accompany him to a present day psychiatric hospital and are surprised to discover who Constantine is trying to help. Amaya and Nate once again come face to face with Casa. All right, so before we get into all of this, we do have a little news that is, of course, John Constantine-centric. Uh, exclusive Legends of Tomorrow will bring back John Constantine later this season. And I'm glad because I was hoping the two-episode arc we heard about was not the—I was hoping the mid-season finale was not considered part of that, where he shows up for two or three seconds. They pulled you know, the Supergirl I, crossover. Yeah, I was a little bummed because the way the story ended, I thought they would have— a second episode a two-parter to this and when it ended i'll i was a bit disappointed yeah we, we had planned for a two-part constantine coming back and it yeah I, okay I was doing the same thing so it wasn't okay. no because i reported that news too yeah i i could have swore that's what we were gonna get so i was bummed and then i started thinking like well the two episode okay well he was in the mid-season finale that's so shitty don't consider that the second appearance please they're doing the appearance bullshit yeah so luckily matt ryan's john constantine will appear later this year in 2018 uh in a photo from the set of legends of tomorrow actor nexano which i believe is nate uh yeah. told his instagram followers that he was going into production on the final episode and featuring a photo of himself bruised and bloodied but with his hands up as if to fight and some fans noticed that the photograph appeared to feature john constantine standing in the background a head of tussled blonde hair and the character's signature trench coat visible behind zano's head i, I can't be happier because if this if he's in the season finale man it's going to be epic and may even lay down the the uh the trail whatever the the groundwork, the groundwork i should say lay down the groundwork for either a legends of tomorrow that's focused on constantine or a constantine show in itself so we'll see hey you never know the the way the cw has been doing their schedules and everything and going to more towards the like the 52 week schedule they have time to do like a 13 episode you know, punch in with Constantine yeah. or like you said, we've talked about him being part of the legends, you know, bring him back, make it more of a darker thing and have him come in and be the character he can be and bring viewers to this show. That's, you know, already pretty popular amongst the Arrowverse and yeah. it would just bring new people in. 
Yeah. I'm stoked. And I also like the name of the episode, Necromancing the Stone. It not only does it fit the Constantine world, but also fits the very pop culture eccentric with the jokes for Legends of Tomorrow. That yeah. works so well. But I wonder how many of the people who watch these shows even get these these nods in the titles and, and the the pop culture references. Yeah. How many of the people watching these shows really get those pop culture references? Because Necro, first of all, Romancing the Stone is a Michael Douglas starred movie from the 80s. I don't think there's anybody that's their key demo on the CW that is reading this title and is like, oh, the Michael Douglas movie. Yeah. My hosts aren't getting it. I mean, you know what? They're all like 10 years younger than me. <laughs> Let's see. I, in fact, I think that's a good bit for one of your shows, for Legends and maybe even uh, the other shows as well. You should put together these titles from the past three years and see if any of them know their connection. Yeah, that, that, I, because, we can do that. Because the hosts are the main host outside of Ryan. Uh, they are the key demo for demo or for uh, the CW, mm -hmm. the age range. I like you and I are the only ones really that get half these jokes and it makes me feel old, even though I'm happy about it every time I get the joke. I, but then I, there's a bit of sadness that comes as well because I'm like, wow, I'm old. I understand every single joke they're making. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it's the unfortunate thing. We don't feel old, but then they do shit like this to us that make us old. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the next bit of news, 10 Arrowverse characters we want to see in the upcoming Constantine animated series. Now, this article was also taken from comicbook.com. And we all know that because of the love affair that everybody has for Constantine, I mean, I guess the love isn't as great as it should be because their show got canceled, but it seems like a lot of people are connecting with him on the CW. But there is an animated series, and I know we've talked about it off and on for the past, what, I guess almost nine months, maybe even a year since they announced this animated series. Something and, like that. Yeah. And it is starring Matt Ryan, at least the voice of Matt Ryan. And now this is going to be his third iteration of Constantine because he also did the voice for uh, justice Lee dark as well. Mm -hmm. The animation. So now he's returning yet again to play in the animated series that's put together by the CW that airs on the CW seed. Uh, they're not full length. That's only the downfall of these series. They're like, what, five to ten minutes, roughly? They're like ten minutes. By the time something happens, and it always feels like it's a to-be-continued thing. Like, they could actually put together all, like, ten cartoons into one long movie. movie. Or, or an episode, but, yeah. Yeah, they break it down into... 10 minute things and it's just I, I don't know it, they're they're some of them are hard to watch yeah i i agree i i started watching um i couldn't get into the the totem one what's the uh amaya's granddaughter i couldn't get into that one either yeah which is funny because the vixen cartoon actually set up this year legends like oh a really? lot of the Did it? a lot of the background that they talk about is from this the the cartoon so it's it, you were I was always wondering why they were promoting the shit out of the cartoon during mm -hmm. the summer and they actually put it on TV. Well, it's because of the tie-in with Legends. Okay, and they didn't they didn't really announce it, but once the characters that came in came in, I was like, oh, this is why they're doing it. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll go back and check it out. I, I maybe you just got to be in the right state of mind. 
because when I watched it was just too short and I'm just not into short form content. I know why they're doing short form content. It fits many of their demo, the younger generation. They're into that short form content. YouTube has created that entire generation of, you know, three to four minute attention spans. And that's why we see entertainment like this now coming out. Yeah. All right. So let's get into the article. Uh, Fans most recently saw this week when Constantine made a widely celebrated reappearance in an episode of Legends of Tomorrow. And now we are getting ready for the return of Constantine Constantine yet again in this animated series, which is expected to debut on the CW seed. All right. So at the moment, we don't know exactly when the Arrowverse timeline uh, the Constantine animated series is set other than it seems to be continuing where the 2015 end of the live action series left off uh this leaves plenty of storytelling possibilities essentially spanning the past two years of the arrowverse one of the most logical uses again logical to them to comic book (laughs) is that they would really like to see would be an appearance from earth one laurel black canary katie cassidy and it says, while Cassie's still appearing in the Arrowverse as Black Siren, bringing back her Earth-1 counterpart would be an interesting thing to see, especially as a sort of parallel to Black Siren's redemption currently being discussed on Arrow. Now, I, I just let me just let me just stop right now and say, no, enough with bringing back dead characters. I'm tired. Let your characters die. Let their deaths matter in TV shows. She's dead. She yeah. has worms coming out of her eyeballs. She's gone. Let her legacy be what it is. I I felt like the way they executed it was poorly in Arrow. However, now she has a legacy. Let's move on. You wonder if people actually watched the original Constantine show and saw it was more about demon possession. Yeah, and that's why I'm going to argue with just about every single choice they have here. They want Cisco Ramon. They want Laurel Lance. They want Rip Hunter. They want Kendra Saunders, which I don't think anybody liked her. They want no. Damian Dark, which Damian Dark, I think, would make sense out of all of them so far. But I don't think he's needed either. Leonard Snart. No. Uh, Mary McCabe. No. no. Uh, Gorilla Grodd doesn't even make sense. No. And then number nine is Zed Martin and Chaz Chandler, which I agree with those. And those are two characters from Constantine's world, from the TV yes. show. And Chaz himself is actually from the comic books as well. In fact, he is his Alfred in a lot of ways. If you want to compare it to people who may not know the Constantine books, you know, every superhero for the most part has their partner or their sidekick the person who helps them, the person who keeps them balanced, the person who is their conscience. That's who Chaz is. Constantine so that would make sense for him to be in the animated series in fact if they don't have a minute it would be it would be no different than doing a Batman and Robin story and Robin just not being there yeah I uh, they're stretching it on the Arrowverse thing we don't have to make everything inclusive with these stupid cartoons yeah again you give me 10 minutes of him fighting a demon or a possession or some kind of exorcism you know I'm good with it we don't I don't know where any of these people would fall in other than they just named everybody that was dead except Cisco. <laughs> I mean, what, yeah, I, what, what, I don't know. what can go on with any of these characters? Like Gorilla Grodd, what, what, what would a story be with Gorilla Grodd? He's not possessed. He's a super smart ape. <laughs> I mean, 
What if we I, find out he's actually possessed? Yeah, that would be the CW twist on it. Oh, that'd be terrible. So, I, yeah, I agree with. I, obviously, I agree with you, and I agree with myself. I, I, I don't <laughs> think. I don't think we need those people. In fact. I mean, just to go back to the source material, and I, and I am not one of those people that need to always have everything exactly like the source material, but Constantine's a loner, and that's why, for a lot of reasons, I don't think he would even fit next season on the Legends of Tomorrow. It, would, it wouldn't work with who Constantine is. He's a loner, and he's a loner because he feels like he needs to be punished. That's, the, that's his entire gimmick. Yeah. He's a man who did something wrong who tried to do the right thing, and now the rest of his life, he's living, walking on the, 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 the downward spiral to hell that he feels like he deserves. So for him to be a part of a team, it just doesn't work with Constantine. It works with, um, with scenarios like Justice League Dark because of the story itself. So if Legends were to completely change what they're doing and focus 100% on the supernatural and the evil and the darkness, then I think it might work because they would need Constantine. But do Just you really want to change your show? Do you really, do you really want to change your show to where the show relies heavily on Constantine and not on Sarah Lance when she's arguably the lead? Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's her show. She's, yeah, and she's I don't, no different than Oliver or Barry or, you know, Supergirl. And it should stay that way. I think she's an... an what she's done for that show and who she's become, it needs to be about her. Yeah, they, they, they've they passed off that anthology thing that it was supposed to be. It's The Legends is her show now. Yeah, in fact, everybody else can come and go, in my opinion, and she needs to stay. She's the only person that I would be pissed if she left yeah. at this point. Got to have a leader and, and can't yeah. just keep rotating the new leader in every time. Yeah. So, and, but and just again the the Constantine thing does not go along. You know, the cartoon should maybe focus on the house and everything else and just get some background there because yeah. it, it'd be cheaper to do that way. Yeah. And another thing, just, just in case everybody does not understand the comic book as well, he doesn't, he's actually a new addition to the DC world. He was on his own for years. He's part of Vertigo and then DC brought the vertical world into the DC universe, and then he became suddenly part of the entire DC world. Justice League Dark, I believe, beginning in what 2011, I believe, is when that happened. Yeah, Vertigo is pretty new to it, and I mean, yeah. it, it's the same thing that DC's doing right now with like the Watchmen. Yeah. They were never part of the DC universe, but now they are. So they slowly integrate them in, do some storylines. It's the same thing that happened with Constantine. Yeah. Going back to this animated series, it just doesn't make sense to have all these Arrowverse characters in his cartoon um, because I've read all his comic books, even the new series currently, and it's you very you rarely. Cisco you, didn't pop up? No. <laughs> nobody pops up in his series, in his brand new series right now. Nobody except Swamp Thing. It's the go to characters that fits within his world. Uh, Batman's mentioned, Superman's mentioned because they exist, but they don't pop in. It just doesn't fit with his story. So. Just like when you look at the source material, I mean, a cameo may work from time to time. A guest spot might work from time to time if you have an actual TV show, maybe even a crossover like they've done with the other shows. But actually bringing in these characters like they do, because they are definitely interchangeable with Arrow, Flash, Legends, and Supergirl. Like they come and go a lot, much like the comic books, but I don't think something like that would work with a Constantine-centric show. No, always bringing in Cisco. It just, it just, it's a clash of styles, and it doesn't really work. Yeah, you can't bring in a tech guy for magic. Yeah, yeah. 
Exactly. All right. So we are going to go to a very quick break. And then when we get back, we're going to break down the rest of this week's episode. Whatever you roofied it with, I'd like some. I did not roofie him. Oh, I ain't judging. DC on CW. We'll be right back. Dave to promote Last Jedi still and every interview he's justifying Star Wars number one a director that's confident in his work doesn't justify his work he's not confident in it yeah he's not confident in his work and that's why he's justifying it in every single interview George Lucas never defended his work oh you don't like Jar Jar suck my dick (laughs) (laughs) he's still gonna be around yeah. Bad. You don't like all this CGI. Guess what? I'm going to just double it. I'm going to kill you and make you CGI. article say i created the hashtag saggy boobs matter because women are ashamed that their bodies don't appease the men's gay or the male gaze saggy boobs are underrepresented oh come on this isn't serious this is is it serious it's just the quote i mean wow you're a 23 year old internet star you're trying to make a movement for saggy boobs because your boobs are not how society i guess portrays boobs so you're going to Ripe and complain that your boobs are under males can't like so males can't stare at your tits when they're nice and they're not staring enough when they're saggy you know what you know what we need we need a good old-fashioned fucking world war yeah <laughs> we do we need people to have real, real problems. problems again this is the problem with society is we have way too much free time on our hands to where we worry about our crooked dicks <laughs> we worry about saggy boobs I mean, just 50, 60 years ago, we were worried about what we're going to eat. Yeah. May I have more food, mama? <laughs> Those are the things we worried about, Thomas. Yeah. Me and him were the same age where National Geographic was a thing. Saggy boobs is what we were looking at. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Geo <titties. laughs> For more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. All right. I'm going to do a live read real fast. All right, hey guys, did you know that Rain Man Digital now offers a premium service? That's right. Besides the weekly free broadcast, Rain Man Digital now offers a premium service. And when I say now, it's been going on for 12 months. And when you pledge to a Patreon page, you automatically become a subscriber. So it's easy. So you can't redeem yourself. The premium service includes video content plus additional exclusive shows like Star Trek from the Holodeck, Comic Book Chaos, DC on CW, DC on CW Presents, and of course, Supernatural The Crossroads, and more. So when you pledge, you gain access to all of this and more. So head over to patreon.com slash Digital and sign up today. Good. Burn. 
Okay, uh, Bob, let's start this conversation off by talking about style and the atmosphere. This is one of the biggest things for me way back when Constantine returned on Arrow. Although I was happy, I was, I was happy to see Constantine back. The style of Arrow didn't necessarily change to reflect Constantine's world. Meaning it was Arrow with Constantine thrown inside the world of Oliver Queen, and understandably so. It, it, it The way the show was going, it was more of an afterthought. Let's throw Constantine in. He wasn't necessarily vital to the story of Arrow. He no. wasn't a, a, a intricate part. And the thing they got right with this appearance is they actually wrote a new episode of Constantine. That's what they did. Yeah. Most of it was from his perspective with the guest roles actually being the Legends crew. And I honestly think that's why this was such a solid installment of not just Legends, but for Constantine. And the writers, Cato and Mala, they were able to seamlessly connect his story already in progress. And that's the key right there. Already in progress to the legend's main narrative. It wasn't, hey, Constantine, we need to give him a call and, and get his help. He was doing his own thing. His story was already in motion. And I like the idea that even if we're not seeing John Constantine, Constantine is still walking around. He's still doing things. It's still business as usual for him. Yeah. It, like you said, it was. And maybe that's where the cartoon comes in is that it somehow links to what's oh. been going on with him. That's true. Yeah, that might work. Uh, it was smart because it felt like a new episode of Constantine and it, it serves as a marketing promo for his show for people that might not have even checked his show out yet, which you better. It's available now on the CW app, his ent the entire first season. Um, but also it made the stories mesh in a way that didn't need a lot of explaining and it allowed the shenanigans to get started right away. We didn't need set up. And it was, we hit, basically they set up to where we hit the ground running. The story was already in motion. Yeah. There, there I, was no 20 minute background of Constantine. It's like, you yeah. should know him by now. Let's go. Yeah. I, and in a lot of ways, I think it needed to be done this way. Um, if they are hoping to breathe new life into the Constantine series, which I mean, Bob, that's exactly what they're doing. Why else do you keep bringing Matt? Ryan back as Constantine unless they are trying to gauge maybe get the temperature of the audience find out if there is people out there that really want to see his show which if you go on Twitter and see the millions <laughs> I'm going to say millions it seemed like it of people just enthusiastic about Matt Ryan's return and what he did for the show I, I think they've already got the temperature I think it's time to just make a decision now no more pussyfooting around no more beating around the bush Let's bring Constantine back in 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 full form. Yeah, they Be they they can't keep kind of teasing it the way they are. It, this isn't like the Batman, the Green Lantern teases where we know we're not going to get them. You're putting yeah. them on air. You're promoting them. You went and bought the rights to the first season. It's on your app. You you're pushing a cartoon. There's got to be an end game here. You're keeping 
you know, uh, Matt Ryan around, yeah. you know, for a reason. Yeah, and that's another thing. Is how much longer can they can they tease Matt Ryan? The guy's eventually going to need to get another TV show, and he's not going to have time to do these types of things. Yeah. So, so it'll, it'll in a lot of in a lot of ways, they in a lot of ways, if you look, in retrospect, when you look at this episode, yes, it was definitely an episode of Legends, but in many ways. This was also a backdoor pilot for a new series. Yeah, it really was because it was about John Constantine. It was his story. It was bookended by his story and his story happened to collide with Sarah's personal narrative for the season of legends. That's a brilliant way to bring his show back. It really is. So, and I almost wish they would have been able to like back in 2015 or whenever he came on. Uh, that was the reason that they did this with Sarah, you know, yeah. knowing that in the future they could link it back somehow. Yeah. And I think that's just a, an awesome coincidence of sorts. I'm sure they didn't plan to connect Sarah and Constantine together in that way, but it has worked so well, especially yeah. in this episode, having him be the one to bring Sarah back. Uh, another success was the overall ambience. I- I'm not sure if this was more from the writing aspect or if it was actually the director, Dermot Downs. Uh, the entire look from color palette and overall cinematography, it was all a perfect representation of not only Constantine's world, but also the NBC show itself. The director and the DLP, David Geds of Legends of Tomorrow, it's obvious they went back and watched the episodes of Constantine and they studied the exact way his sets were lit because the lighting patterns, everything matched what you saw in NBC from the very moments that Constantine's walking down the insane asylums hallway uh, to the, the gags of the um, with the, with the people sticking their body parts through the wall. What's the, you just use the terminology that they use the for latex that. wall. Yeah. The latex wall. They used a lot of the Constantine go-to gags that you saw in their show. And whether or not, let's just, hopefully this isn't the case, but whether or not they're bringing, they want to bring this show back or not, it just shows their due diligence and uh, and a commitment to telling a good story. And I applaud, you know, the director and the DOP and the writers for trying to get this right, to make this feel legit. It's not just Legends with a guest appearance of John Constantine. It's a John Constantine episode with Legends as its supporting cast. And I think Featuring that way the it really of tomorrow. It just, the way they did it, it just, not only did it have the ambience, but it felt like you belonged in this world of Constantine. And I feel like how they, how they very carefully you know sewn together his story with the legends current storyline you can tell that there was a an actual thought process here that this was written out during the summertime this wasn't just hey let's bring constantine in there was an actual thought here the writers intended on bringing matt ryan back as constantine before that even started producing this season guaranteed they they set this up what two or three episodes ago yeah just getting ready for him and his comeback Yep. Like you said, it wasn't one of those, hey, look, Matt Ryan's available. Let's uh figure out how to squish him in here real quick. You know, some <laughs> right. random person's going to get um, possessed and we'll bring him back. No, it was a big deal for the story and going forward. And like yeah. you said, so they actually thought about it, which is 
nice refreshing. to see thought <laughs> in some of these shows. Yeah. Well, not to sound negative, but refreshing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, besides the technical wins this week, the writers also managed to succeed when it comes to some of fan moments. I'm not a big advocate of fan service moments. However, there are times when writers can be giving to the fans and what they want. And I feel like if you pick your right moments, you can take elements from the source material of our characters and give us those fan service moments. And this episode also did a beautiful display of fan service done right. Um, and this is taken from the Hollywood Reporter. I'm going to paraphrase a little bit based on some of the things that they thought the show got right. And I agree with them. Uh, viewers hoping to see Constantine embrace his bisexuality from the comic books got a taste of that during Ryan's Legends appearance when he and Leo Snart from Earth X had a playful flirtation. And also Constantine ended up sleeping with Sarah in the middle of a mission as the two bonded over having damaged souls. I love that moment when she says, are we really that broken? <laughs> I was like, yes, you are. Yes, you are. It's good Go get after any, it now. Right? Yeah. I, I love I, I love everything they do with Sarah's character. I, I just love the fact that she is. I don't want to say she's a dude because that's just me like saying women can't be that way, which she's they can. the most powerful independent woman they have in this Arrowverse that she's not tied to anything right and she doesn't have her character is not connected to any like misconceptions of how women should be it's just who she is and it's evolved over time and and you you've seen someone who was very meek and submissive i hate that word submissive but that, i mean she was just so like innocent and like okay whatever you say ollie and yeah she has slowly grown onto a boat yeah and got swept away yeah by dick <laughs> she don't let dick control her no more i control dick dude and, and uh, just to be a douche man she's getting hotter too as the year as the as the episodes and the years go by which is strange right because i don't think she was just to be uh you know just to be a douche for a moment a super douche a, a super douche for a second here she was not attractive like when she first was introduced in Arrow. In fact, I just disliked everything about her. And she has become one of my favorite characters, not just because of appearance. Yes, she's attractive, but also just her story is one of the most interesting stories of the entire Arrowverse. And I would even I would even say over Oliver at this point and Barry Allen, her story, maybe it's more on par with what I like. I love I love doom and gloom. I love broken individuals people who don't know who they are and then they find themselves but they're not quite happy with who they should or who they are or, or who they should be and she's trying to come to terms with who she is still to this day but i love what they're doing with her character yeah you can definitely tell she's worked on her craft you know and if you follow her like on instagram and stuff she's actually put in the work to you know be this physical character specimen you don't have to get the stunt double yeah. for her all the time now um yeah and again, it, you can see that she's grown so much in what is it, six years now since she was introduced on Arrow. That again, if you would have told me six years ago that oh she's going to get her own show and you're going to like her, I'm going to say I would have said you're a fucking idiot. Well, I said that when when they announced her as one of the leads for Legends, I groaned yeah. because she still hasn't she still hadn't had, hadn't changed certain elements. Uh, she we didn't really get to see her much since she was resurrected. 
Uh, also, the news came before she was even resurrected, which was a massive spoiler because we all knew that she was dead and suddenly she's going to be starring in Legends as as White Canary. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. You give her a complete new name and everything. You're like, all right, something changed. Yeah. At least if they would have said Black Canary, we could have been like, well, it's a time travel show. They went and grabbed her. <laughs> right. Now, from the web also, they say it was refreshing. It was a it was a refreshing depiction of sexual fluidity. And the same goes for Sarah, who went from flirting with Agent Ava Sharp and getting nervous over her crush to sleeping with Constantine. No strings attached. Now, I'm not a big fan of these new buzzwords that we keep seeing pop up, sexual fluidity and whatnot. I, I don't really care about that. However, the CW is the perfect network to explore these types of things uh, from the source material, and it worked. I'm also happy they, they didn't shy away from smoking, although we did get a 15, I think we got 15 anti-smoking commercials if you're watching on the app. No joke. I have never seen an anti-smoking commercial on the CW ever. However, they were jammed up your a-hole the entire time you were watching. Did you get them too? Uh, no, I don't. Oh. They didn't stick out for me. I was just thinking about it. Um, the thing that I found funny was it wasn't even like he really smoked that much. He just no. was but they looking didn't do for it. a light and put a cigarette in his mouth. I think it's a big deal for like in uh, Constantine fans because it was such a big part of who he was as a character. And also NBC didn't do it. He didn't oh. smoke in the show. Oh, it was one of the things that got people a little perturbed. Like, really? You're not going to have Constantine smoke. So yeah, what's the point see, of carrying the light around? Yeah. So to see him actually be able to do what his character does was fun. And, and that's bringing it back to the sexual fluidity. That's more important to me than anything. I don't care about moving forward. I hope they don't rely on these types of fan moments because this is not what Constantine was about. It was just who he was. The, the show, the comic was not filled with bisexual overtones. They didn't serve as an agenda other than that. It's a fictitious show. Steeped within girl boy three way every episode, right? It was just a fictitious show steeped within the supernatural, geared on telling a realistic story about a man that is cursed, doomed, morose, broken, and always prepared to die. And being a bisexual was all a part of that. So being true to source material is one thing, but and fan service moments are great as well. But I'm hoping that moving forward, they don't always try to put that in your face because that's not who that's not what the Constantine source material is about. It's not a a civil rights agenda. It's not a civil rights movement. It's just a part of who he is as an individual. And honestly, those types of stories, Bob, for us cis straight males, uh, that honestly does more. And I'm speaking as a cis here, which I think we have an actual interesting, uh, unique perspective on the matter. That's how you convey a message when you're trying to push no labels. I know that's so retro now, no labels, but because everything's labeled. But when you're trying to push that, you shouldn't put people in the boxes and that people are people. And this is just how people are. There's gay people, there's bisexual, there's blacks, there's Asians, there's Mexicans, there's whites. I feel like the way you do it is just do it within your writing. Tell a story that's realistic with no obvious agenda pushes just be realistic to how things are in real life and that's how you probably properly get your message across 
yeah, the people most- like us because the people like the LGBTQ people and uh, and the black folks out there, they don't need to be told these things. They get it. They know it. Yeah, the people they, you're they trying understand. to preach to are the cis people like ourselves. And I'm telling you now, the best way to do it is just by being honest with your story. Don't don't be subtle. Right. Do you agree, Bob? Oh, totally. Because there's nothing more I hate as being a white male than to get stuck with my white privilege all the time oh oh it, it just it, it it bugs me like i hate that shit like i understand like i grew up around people and i'm open to people i don't yeah. need to be told all the time that you know you're the white devil <laughs> you know yeah. you don't understand and those are the, those things turn me off on shows i mean there there were I don't even remember what I was watching. Oh, it might have been like Luke Cage or Defenders. It was Defenders. And they yes, brought up it like was the, Defenders. the white privilege thing. And I think I text you. I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> you know, I don't need to hear this right now. Yeah. I'm like, you know, don't bring this into my fantasy world. Show it. I, I understand it. I don't need yes. to be told it. Thank so. you, Bob. Show us. Show us it. Don't Don't preach to us. Don't be so – don't be so overt with it because there there is a – I always say this, but there's an there's the fine art of subtlety. Just let there be a gay character. Don't preach to us that gay people are good because we already know this. And anybody who thinks gay people are bad and they suck and they shouldn't be on TV, they're not going to be watching the show and they're not going to suddenly uh, have a light bulb that goes off and say, oh, you know what? Um, gay people are pretty cool. They're cool <laughs> in my book. You're not going to cha- you're not changing the world with your show. So just be subtle and be realistic. Yeah, and that's always my thing. I always make jokes like there's not been a Facebook post ever that's made me change the way I think about anything. Really? No. Really? None? None, never. You mean you're not a sheep? No. You, don't, you have your own Weird. thoughts? You're not part of the collective thought, Bob? No, no. I don't forward uh, believe in Jesus and it's Obi-Wan Kenobi pictures. So stupid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so want more DC on CW? Go to patreon.com slash Digital to get some. We are constantly adding additional content each and every month, including the DC on CW Presents, where the DC on CW hosts discuss any and all things DC related. Also, the new Black Lightning series has now been added to our lineup of shows that we cover. But in order to hear our discussion on this series, you've got to pledge to our Patreon page. And when you pledge $5 or more a month, you will gain access to all of this plus hours of additional Rain Man Digital content. So be sure, help us out. Head over to patreon.com slash Digital and pledge. All right, so this week not just is not just about John Constantine. We touched on this a bit a moment ago but sarah's connection to the demon world was surprising but not entirely unexpected mostly because of her origin story and how she became the white canary and her resurrection from zombie sarah to hot sarah um malice's connection or malice's connection i really am liking what they're doing and how they're making it all work and connect to Sarah, Nora, and Damian Dark, and what it says about Sarah and her broken soul. This is something, again, we touched on a moment ago, but it's something that is a part of her. Her ongoing character arc since her resurrection has been about exploring her as a person and how she's changed with small foreshadowing moments that not 
that uh, that shows that now all of her that has returned is good. Something dark returned as well. And they kind of got away from that a bit last season, mm-hmm. but they're bringing it back in a big way. They're showing that Constantine's warning when they brought her back is much deep. It's more deeply rooted than just a throwaway comment in season four of Arrow. And this is why Constantine works so well in this episode uh, that was set up to explore Mollus's and her connection or his connection with Sarah. Yeah. I like it. I like what they're doing. So we've always talked about the the best time. Like these shows are great when they're centralized around the, the main character. Yes. And, you know, we've lost our way sometimes with Flash and Arrow. Supergirl, not so much. But we didn't know what was going on here with Damien and why he was running around you know, with yeah. his daughter and this whole malice thing. And mm-hmm. it was nice that they kind of made that connection that, oh, shit, it is about our main character. This has nothing to do with them breaking the timeline or time travel in general or, you know, the time bureau or any of the other shit that was going on. This is about Sarah. Yep. And, you know, I, we didn't see that before this episode. We weren't really sure where they were going. We just knew that there was like a darker force out there. So it yeah. was nice to actually see him tie it in. I, I agree. And I, I'm hoping the writers see what the rest of the audience sees. And there's something great in the Sarah Lance character. There's a lot of opportunity with her character besides just being the leader and to explore these these intimate moments of uh, of vulnerability is very telling of who she is. And also, we like to see our characters become vulnerable, especially when you have a character like Sarah who's very strong and she has a very tough exterior, but underneath all that, she's still a, a woman with emotions and thoughts and regrets and and probably insecurity. So to see that shell get broken a bit in a way that would make sense, we don't want to see Sarah sit down and talk about it. We don't want her sitting down and say, hey, I need to talk to you about my problems. That would destroy everything she is. Hi, so Gideon. To- I have an issue. <laughs> like so, so to see them do it this way, using Constantine and crafting him into the story and then showing the connection to Mollus and, and and demonology and the demon world. I mean, holy shit, dude. What what could this mean for Sarah's character? It's it's fucking powerful and just well done. Yeah. And you make a great point about the shows needing to be about the characters. And we say this all the time. You're right. The shows need to be about our characters. And yes, this is an ensemble cast, but the show this season is focusing on their strongest elements. And their strongest element is Sarah. And they're focusing a lot on that and using the rest of the cast. They've slowly become more of supporting than anything this year. Ray's mm-hmm. story, they, they still do the moments where they touch on Ray, like earlier this season with his issues, his ongoing issues with being a hero and how he was an insecure little kid who didn't realize that his mother didn't really look at him as serious. And what she, his mother wasn't as good as he thought she was. You know, people picked on him. He didn't have lots of friends. So those things they keep doing, and I think they should. It makes the show feel complete and full, and it gives us those things that we want when we're dealing with other, other characters. But when you really break down the last 10 episodes, it has been very Sarah-centric more than any other season so far. And that's a smart move because they have something really good with her character going on. Yeah. Um, The Ava thing. I'm just not feeling it, dude. I I don't know if it's a way for Sarah to feel some type of human connection, if that's what the writers are doing it. Uh, But is it really needed? I mean, she's surrounded by people. that are her it's friends. Enforced. Do we really need her to have this odd 
relationship that doesn't seem like it's the right timing. Does that make sense? It's, I don't even know. Or does if it feel it's forced? The timing thing. It just feels forced and out of character for her because we just talked about like how strong and you know we've watched her travel all over the world and like not like force herself on like these historical characters. But she's never had like a problem going up and figuring out. It's like, hey, you're you're in the chicks. Let's do this type. Yeah. So like with her being like this schoolgirl flirtation thing going on, like hi, like all awkward, just seems out of character for her. I honestly don't see why they're doing it other than they're trying to, again, have what we spoke about earlier and trying to drive home the point of her bisexuality. I just don't feel it. I don't get it. We know it's not going to go anywhere. This is uh, the Arrow writers seeping through into the Legends world trying to give drama where drama is not needed. Uh, the show is is filled with drama. There's so many for so many implications happening on this show. Do we really need a, an a, a moment where Sarah might like somebody to to? I know why they're doing it. They're trying to humanize her, but there's so many other ways to humanize Sarah. She's surrounded by people that she likes and she cares about. Yeah. I mean, she's going through something with uh, with Martin being dead. That's how you humanize your character. She's dealing with the loss of one of her team members. That's how you humanize. I, I feel like the Ava thing is just time filler for no reason. They they want to bring her on the air. They need some reason to tie back to the Bureau. Yeah, I mean, it, and also when you really think about it as well – if if they're trying to do this for whatever reason, it's just not working because she essentially Ava replaced Rip Hunter. Rip Hunter could be everything that Ava's doing right now could be done by Rip Hunter. Yeah. I, I, I kind of questioning the entire point. Yeah. Again, it just feels it, weird. It, it's not one of my favorite parts of the episodes <laughs> with the time bureau and her. It's just, again, it's, it doesn't feel like the Sarah that is we've grown to love, and I yeah. think that's what the the problem is. Just the the reaction and like w- like you said, what are they doing with it? What is the end game goal? What is gonna really come out of this other than they're not gonna get together, and then she's gonna be all angry at chicks now? <laughs> I mean, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I, I just send don't her see back what, to some penis. What the ending is? The end game? Yeah. All right, so Zari's purpose is starting to peek through a bit more. And I don't know how you felt about her so far. I've been finding a hard time connecting with her. And maybe it has to do with the fact that there's so much going on with the characters we already are invested in. That it's hard for me to find room to care about somebody else. That's kind of just, she's kind of ho-hum. She, they did help us connect with her a bit when Ray was going through his issues in that episode that I had just mentioned about mm-hmm. his lack of friends and his pathetic life as a, as a child. Uh, and she was very sympathetic to that. And I did like that. I felt like that worked early on to kind of bring her into the fold and help us like her and help the audience and the fans of the legends crew kind of connect to her. But outside of that, I, I, I wanted, I've been wanting more. I'm like, what is her purpose? She's wearing this totem around. She's upset. She constantly wants to, you know, she wants to go back in time and save her, her brother. Uh, she doesn't really listen to any of the rules that Sarah lays out. She's, she's a bit of a rogue and doesn't pay attention to anything. What's her purpose? And I think this week it's finally happening and it needs to, cause I only, they only have five episodes this year, right? Or five more episodes. Something like that. 15 it, it, episode total. 
Yeah. Well, the weird thing for me is that when they brought her on, she was supposed to be like this advanced like hacker person. That's and right. We haven't seen like anything. Like yep. I thought that's what she was going to bring to the computer the hacking logic. skills. You thought yeah. she was going to bring computer hacking skills. I just that's what I... she could just get in there and hack stuff. But no, <laughs> um, I, I just thought that was going to be <laughs> Someone more needs to say that on the show now. So. <laughs> A Napoleon Dynamite moment, please. I can see Cisco doing it. Yeah. Um, but, like, I just thought she was going to have more to do. Uh, so, yeah, they, they got to step it up real fast because if not, we're running out of time and you've wasted yeah. the character. Yeah. And I, it, it seems like they're trying to get there now. You know, Mala says that Zari is one of the six. Amaya knows of five totems. Constantine says the key to stopping Mollus is to gather the totem. So there's her purpose, right? That's Zari's purpose. Yeah. I'm not sure Captain, how. When's, when's Captain Planet going to come out when they all oh. join? <laughs> how many totems do we know of so far ourselves? We know Amaya. Um, and that's uh, all we really, that's all no, we really we know, know, right? No, we got, we got wind, water, and animal. <laughs> Wait, who has the other ones? The, the, the water chick. Oh, that's right. Okay. Her, her great, Great granddaughter, granddaughter, or whatever it is, yeah. Okay, so Maya has one, uh, Casa has one, Zari has one. Yep. And there's two more out there, right? Yeah. Are we missing them? We don't know of them yet. I if they've brought them up, I don't remember. Okay, uh, but you know, well, I'm then, sure that we're gonna see gonna them make soon. The fifth element, so so stupid what that's what they're going like come it totally, on it totally it totally is that we've seen Ca- it's either captain planet or <laughs> i'm going fifth with element. i'm going with fifth element dude and you know they're gonna do a pop culture reference back to that too oh, yeah, i definitely. mean it is totally shaping up for that i didn't even notice that you're right so constantine says the key to stopping miles is to gather totems so i mean that's kind of uh kind of they really pretty much stated the ending i think or they have at least alluded to the fact that Constantine will be coming back. Either way, uh, Zari's purpose is coming through finally. Because you can't have a team member on that crew that, that's just kind of meandering outside of Mick. Mick kind of meanders, but that's his character. That's who he's become on the show. Yeah, He's just that background comedy that's just fucking hilarious every single time. Because He's not out there. He doesn't have a mission. He's just there because it's the cool thing to do right now for him. <laughs> Yes, and I think they might be changing that. I, I don't know. I know we had that very sad episode with Gorilla Grodd in it, uh, and Mick came face to face with his father. Mm-hmm. But now we had Whitworth Miller. Wait, was it this episode, Bob? Was he preventing mick from drinking in this episode no, that, that was the uh, last oh one. i see that's what happens when i <laughs> when, watch when I, too many in a row yeah well okay so you had you know wentworth Merlo's character snart a couple episodes ago trying to get mick to quit drinking so much and they've never really drove that home as a problem now i don't know if it's a psa moment to let kids know drinking is is, is bad you didn't count I, the anti-drinking commercials there was no anti-drinking commercials <laughs> So I don't know what the point is, but I have to believe that there's something to it. You had the intimate episode with his father. Then you had the start moment with the drinking. And now you have the moment again where Mick is saddened a bit with Snart leaving and even respects his name as he leaves. So I don't know if they're just adding more to the to the Mick mythos, showing us that he's more complicated than he leads on. Uh, or if there's something darker around the bend for him. I mean, what, what are your... 
What are your thoughts on that? Do you think they're going to end up doing more with him before the end of the year? Are they trying to set us up for something? Uh, see, I, I don't think so. I think they're just, you know, they have those moments with Mick that they bring him up and then you can see that, well, he can be a leader if he wants to be. He could be your muscle if he wants to be. He can be your brains if he wants to be. He's just there as like kind of that, you know, He's kind of like he's kind of like all. you, Bob. He's kind of like you, Bob. He's just there in the background, and he'll he's gonna fit into any role as yeah, necessary. You just you adapt, <laughs> you do what you need to do. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I think that's where they're going with him. That you know, where if you set him up and he does enough of these things, that if in the future they need to write him in as like an impromptu captain or like I said, a strategizing guy. You know, you're not going to be like, well, that's not Mick. Mick's just a drunk in the background. So I think yeah. that's what they do. You know, I think he's fine being that kind of like, you know, background, third, fourth character. Yeah. You know, that everybody loves, but don't really expect much out of. Right. I have no problem with that at all. Like, I'm not trying to say I do. I, in fact, I like that that's the role he's kind of fallen into. And, and you're right. They're, they're possibly simply just reminding us that he's much more than just this dude in the background with these little nods every every few episodes or so. Just wanting to watch football. <laughs> that was so funny, dude. <laughs> like, he's so good, dude. That character, Dominic Purcell as Mick, is one of the best gets for the DC on CW Arrowverse. Absolutely. He's such a great character. He doesn't fit into the classic little box of, of heroes. He's more of the anti-hero type. Um and I think a lot of us are kind of drawn to those types of characters. And I think what they're doing with him absolutely works for this particular TV show. Yeah. So Snart is going back to Earth X. What does this mean for his character this season? Is he done? Because I know we had some announcements towards the beginning of the TV season this past fall saying that Wentworth Miller is done after this year, correct? Yeah. He, he, is- uh, he posted something on Instagram on his last day of shooting saying, like, thank you to everybody. But... Oh, is that all? They, it wasn't confirmed, though, that this is his end? I, no, I think that was basically it. Him t- okay. saying, like, goodbye. So it'll it'll be interesting. I mean, I don't count anybody out if they really needed him, that he wouldn't come back to it. But the, the way it sounded, the way it was written, the way he was kind of posting on social media, it looked like this was his, like, final goodbye as the character. So... I don't oh. know. It's a it's a it's a sad moment just because of even when you come to like the flash part of it because he's such like a you know one of the main like villains of the rogues gallery that they kind of put off as like a secondary you know uh, villain of the week type and that if they're not going to bring him back at all it's just like oh that's just a, a loss for the shows. Yeah, I mean Wentworth Miller is fantastic. I love him. I don't understand the hate on his character. I, I, I just, especially when you explain to people, they're just like, I still don't like it. I'm like, well, then you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't understand why people hate, by the way, speaking of that, you know that he's really cooled off, um, which I think makes sense for this particular snart. He's not as film noir-ish. Snart yeah, X. It's not the same one. <laughs> yeah. I like that they did that. I like that. It shows, uh, it shows that he can also act more subtle, for the, the, the haters out there, but also shows that he's a, a different person. Yeah, Steve. So stupid. Is Steve one of the ones who hate on him? Oh, yeah. I had to explain that whole, like, hot versus cold and why he acted the way he did to counteract how Mick so acted. Weird. And 
He's just like, it's still stupid. Why does he speak so slow? I'm like, okay, I just gave you all the reasons. All right. So final thoughts, Bob, final thoughts. Let's start with you on this episode. Let's get into it. So give me your thoughts. No, I, uh, I agree. It felt more like a Constantine show. It was nice to see him, you know, with the spells and doing, you know, the, the symbols on the ground and stuff that was very familiar with the Constantine. I totally appreciate how they tied it in. Like we talked about earlier with the Sarah, like main storyline that, that we actually know what's going on and why there's a connection to it, you know, and bringing in some of the other characters with that. Um, because I don't know if we knew what the track was coming into this episode, which is weird yeah. since we only have like five left. I, I figured we would know so much more about what was going on. Uh, Again, the the way Constantine was just brought in and it wasn't like this long like monologue of description of this is who he is, this is what he does. They just let him be him and it didn't waste any time. So that helped with like the pacing because I, I hate when they bring in characters and they're like, this is John Constantine. He did this, this and this. They did that in like the first like 30 seconds when they're like, he brought back Sarah during, you know, remember on Arrow, you know, uh thing um again mick always does it for me um sitting in the Ooh. background yeah Ooh. uh so again it was a strong comeback episode uh you know again the only thing i didn't like was the whole like sarah flirtation thing because it just doesn't go with what i have in my head as how she would react to being attracted to somebody she seems to be the more uh i'm gonna go out and get what I want and there's nothing you can do about it type person. So right. that, that that was the only kind of like fallback for me for this episode. Okay. All right. Um, love this episode. Uh, I, I'm trying to be as, as balanced as possible because I want to give this episode an A. I, I almost think it's the best episode of the season. I don't know if it's because of Constantine or if it's more up my alley. Like I love the supernatural. I love when shows delve into like demonology I love the dark arts. That's when it comes to entertainment. I don't truly sit behind, you know, in a dark room, you know, praying the, to the devil. There's not, a, <laughs> there's not a room back there that I don't know about. With right. I don't sacrifice people candles. at night. That's not yeah, a real big sacrifice we did on Rain Man. No, it's not. I, I don't do those things. However, I like that type of uh, entertainment in pop culture. I've always been drawn to the darker aspects of, of literature. So, I feel like it's a very strong episode outside of that, outside of the the dark side of things. I feel like it was a very, very strong episode and it said a lot and also propelled the myth arc of the season, which is what you're always looking for in, in an episode of television. And I think that's where Legends really has its, its strength over all the other shows on the DC Arrowverse is that because of their short season order – they don't have time for a lot of nonsense yeah, and throwaway episodes and melodrama. They focus on the story. They move forward. So that's not a problem they have per se. However, this episode really, really kicked it into high gear and got us ready for the last five episodes of season three. Yeah. So positive, positive. Two thumbs up. Yeah. and You brought up that short season thing, and that's always one of those – I almost wish they would do that. I would take a solid 13 over a 22 any any day of the week, but 
Yeah. I, I don't think we've gotten to that part in TV world where they're going to go with the Netflix HBO model on regular TV all the time. Well, they're going to be yeah, – yeah, I know a lot of shows are trying to start newer shows like that. But with shows like this, I don't think they're going to do it because that also means a lot less money. Yeah. A lot less advertisement dollars. They're, they're essentially cutting their advertisement dollars in half, which I don't think they want to do that. No, they're into making money. Yeah. It's not a subscriber-based thing. Yeah. So I want to thank everybody for listening and tuning in to DC on CW. If you miss any part of our broadcast, you can always find us on Stitcher and iTunes. Just search DC on CW. Also available on the Rain Man digital app. All you have to do is go to your iOS store or the Google Play store and search Rain Man Digital and add us to your list of downloads. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. And good night. Not in the mood for chit-chat. Gotcha. Ready when you are. 